0: Welcome everybody to a very special episode of The
1: Geek Buddies. Hey. hey! Uh,
0: as you can tell from our <laughs> intro, we're going to take it a little bit low key today. You know normally Uh, When we do our show, we do like three geek news items, take a little bit of a break for our podcast listeners, and then jump into a main topic. But with everything that's been happening this week in our world and out in the streets of maybe some of your cities, uh, for those of you who are watching us right now, we felt it maybe wasn't the appropriate time to be jumping into geek news items or film news items or TV news items or anything anything that is uh, necessarily topical in terms of a production going on. Uh, uh, Right now so we thought we'd jump in more and have a discussion about representation the black lives matter movement has certainly been consuming our media and our uh, press and certainly a lot of uh, film and TV studios and uh, websites and a lot of uh, places have stepped forward to support the movement in such numbers that I've never seen before for any movement in my lifetime that I can recall I mean maybe the me Too movement kind of comes close but still I didn't you didn't see a lot of uh of pe- people outside the entertainment industry pushing that forward as strongly as you seem to see now with black lives matter and so we thought it would be a good uh, time to sit down and the three of us just have a discussion about it we've been friends for 20 years you know we've had numerous uh, discussions about movements like this and representation and stuff like that in the uh, world of geek uh both film and television and otherwise and uh we thought this would be a good time to do something completely different and have a, a you know, an open and honest conversation. Maybe some of you all listening to us will hear some of your points or, or have some of your points discussed here uh, between us on the show. I am uh, one of your hosts. I'm John Roke. I'm a writer, producer and host here in Los Angeles, California and CEO,
2: I like to say, of the Outlaw Nation. Whoa, that's new. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I am uh, Michael Vogel. I am a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies and CEO in my own mind. (laughs) You actually have a production company. Don't start that.
1: Next. (laughs) And I am Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor, where you may have seen me on Teen Wolf. My name is Earl and House. And I have no title, uh, acronym title to speak of at the moment.
0: Not yet, but that usually means you're probably going to start <laughs> McClung Productions late in life and <laughs> make a crap ton of money. McClung Co. McClung Co. <laughs>
2: just rolls off the tongue, is what it is. You does can have you can now. have that one for free. McClung I, al-
1: I always <laughs> said you know so- some people have names that just roll off the tongue. I feel yeah. like Shannon McClung get more kind of trips and stumbles.
2: Wow, well, but don't it know. gets oh. but it gets there. It gets yeah. there. It gets there eventually. You steal like Shani- a Mac.
0: Shanny Mac is good. What about Shanny Mac Holding Ooh. Company Holdings? Shanny Mac holding yeah. sounds good.
2: Nicknack Shanny Nicknack Shanny Mac. I like it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I like it. Um, um well, yeah, for, let's Michael please start us off here.
2: No, I I did this last week, but I think like we Last week I was like, you know, how's everybody doing? Hmm. And uh a lot has happened between now <laughs> and then. So, how's everybody doing?
0: <laughs> um are you, you're asking if you're asking us, I'm doing OK today. I, I feel weird today. Like Tuesday, I was really despondent and just down in the dumps about everything. I, I felt help, hopeless almost. But as we've seen less of the overall uh, violence that was happening over the weekend, uh, day by day, I find that I slowly start to fill my hope canister back up again. Uh, and so but today is weird. Even eating my food. I didn't know what I wanted to eat today. I didn't know what I wanted to do. It's a very strange day today, but I don't necessarily feel sad, but I don't feel happy either. So I'm just kind of in this place of of existing today. I would just say I'm existing today uh, with a little bit of dread that something might happen this weekend. Uh, and I'm hoping that it doesn't. That's right. what I would say.
1: I yeah. Think. Yeah. The past few days have been, um, they, they, they've been a lot and yeah. it's weird because my, my little building, my little complex that I live in, my neighbors, we all, I wouldn't say we're friends, but we're certainly friendly with yeah. a, a hello. There's a quick, how you doing? But I mean, we live in a pretty diverse little complex. It's two straight white guys, one straight Latinx guy, two gay couples, and two African American women, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean one of one of the one of the women is actually a DJ, and I want to say it was the first night that Burbank, where I live, um, mm-hmm. had a curfew. Um, she generally on the weekend will play her music, mm-hmm. and I mean she's a professional DJ. She's very good at what she does. Um, and this week, I mean, I opened my door and just kind of let it let it come in. She and I mm. had a quick conversation of, "Hey, how you doing? How you doing?" Right. Um, yeah, I mean, as as someone in my place, you know, straight white guy, I'm I'm just trying to listen
0: mm.
1: right now. I mean, and I feel like you know, I've I've seen a couple of videos where I've donated to a couple of funds, but for the most part, I'm just yeah. trying to I'm just trying to be present and just and just listen. Yeah. Mike?
2: Yeah, it's been crazy. It's it's been a roller coaster of emotions for sure. <laughs> I think that uh I mean, I think that in general, everything we've seen in the past week with the protests and the marching and, and the riots and the looting and everything has been a lot uh for anybody to take in. Um and and I think though, in addition to that, having all of that come directly during near the tail end, however you want to talk about it, of a global pandemic where we've all been locked up and everything's been closed. Like, you know, it, it, it felt like we were kind of nearing the end. I know a lot of other cities have already started opening. LA was right on the bare edge of starting to reopen. Uh, and now you walk outside and like, you know, yesterday I was walking back from one of the protests and, you know, on the street on Santa Monica Boulevard, where I was walking, like every store was boarded up with plywood yeah. Uh, people were marching on my right. There was police sirens on my left. There was helicopters flying overhead and you and I looked at my friend and I was like, kind of feel like this is where we're at for a while. Like, I think mm-hmm. this is that we were, we were living in a new normal of this quarantine life, kind of questioning what was going to happen. And now we're in like a new, new normal, mm-hmm. uh, as we're, as we're protesting and demanding change and everything. And it's, it's for anybody. It's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of emotions, there's a lot of feelings. I, I feel like I'm on a constant roller coaster. Kind of Johnny, to your point, mm. I'll go from feeling really hopeless and feeling a lot of despair and kind of Shannon to what you're saying, feeling a lot of uh questioning what I should be doing, like how I can be a good ally, how I can listen, like what I can do to help uh further this cause, uh, and 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 be a good ally. And I'll feel like really overwhelmed and feel despair and then. I will turn right around and I'll start to feel hopeful. And like one little thing will make me feel great. One little thing will make me feel crazy. I've felt myself being a lot more tense with everybody, with my friends, like getting in, you know, like little things will upset you and set you off because we're all just barely holding on. Um, So it's been, it's been a crazy, crazy week. And I know like we talked about this because when we were like, well, should we even do a show this week? Yeah, Is it appropriate? Like, does anybody want to talk about geek stuff? And I do think, uh, Johnny, to your point, you know, you were the one that kind of said, you know, talking about representation, which is something we've brought up before on the show is definitely a piece of the bigger uh, systemic racism issues that are being brought up that I think uh, that's one small area that we can talk about that. I think that there is a lot that we can say in that arena when there's so many other pieces of the puzzle uh, that are being discussed as well.
0: Yeah, it it feels like this has been building for a few years now, you know, this idea of the placating, I mean, since we started making jokes about the token black character or the token Latino or Asian or gay, um, that conversation started, I think, a f- couple of decades ago, you know, or t- uh, maybe a bit longer. This idea of noticing, uh, you know, what happens to black characters or black actors in certain roles or uh, people of color in certain roles and how they become like, uh, yeah, used as token. Hey, we are inclusive because we have this one character that we don't give much to do, but it's there. I think it was more inclusive in TV than it ever was in film, and I think the the thundering cry that has gotten louder over the last few years is that film has to start catching up with how they represent uh, uh, people of color and specifically black men and women in their media, how they show them, how deep into the culture – do they have to only be in a quote-unquote black movie to be able to see the culture of black people? You know, And I think that's something that's gotten louder and louder. And we've moved past this idea of including or, or casting people of color and moved into, no, not just cast people of color, but people of color in roles of complexity and depth and uh, legitimate uh, aff- affectation or effect of the overall main storyline. And I think this has been uh, what led to Black Panther in the MCU. You no, know, it's, it's, you know, we heard already, uh, I can't, what was an EM, Ian, whatever his name is, or Ike, Perma, whatever it was that didn't want to go into making gay, characters in uh, uh, in, Marvel, in the MCU, didn't want to lean too heavily into the people of color as a main character. You know, we saw that happen and eventually the door kept banging from a white man, Kevin Feige, to make these changes, to make it more representative of our society. And that's the thing at the end of the day, this movement is not about making people feel terrible. It's about highlighting what the problems are and asking them to become allies to fix it because by fixing it we all live in an everything we said America was supposed to stand for a more equal society with representation in the media reflective of the society that you actually live in every day And I think that's what is being misconstrued by certain people on uh, uh, who have a certain you know bent to go with it to twist the narrative of this a little bit to make it seem that it's, it's all violence all violence and I think that's that obstinate stubborn, um, ignorance that is frustrating to watch because Black Panther is a fantastic film. Captain Marvel not a great film, but Brie Larson did a nice job in this role. And it's time we started seeing more of this stuff throughout our media. Uh, and I think the public actually is ready to see it. It's only these loud minority of people who are trying to crap on it for the most part.
2: Well, I think I mean I think you're right. I think that you know using the MCU as an example is mm. a good, like. I think that the question of of how these stories are being made, how these stories are being told, is important because I think that the reason that you end up with tokenism, as you were talking about, like yeah, oh yeah. here's the here's the you know checking off the box of here's a black character in my story, here's a gay right. character, here's a Latinx character, here's an Asian character, the reason that happens is because the stories are all being told by white people for a primarily white audience. So the idea of checking a box to say, look, we have diversity, we have representation, that it was something that was well-meant, that has Mm -hmm. been uh, a way that has kind of kept these stories down. The reason that Black Panther is such an amazing movie uh, is that, Ryan Coogler told that story from a black perspective Yeah, and he was allowed to tell that story from a black perspective. It was not uh, a white writer and a white director kind of telling, Hey, look at this cool guy. He's the black Panther. He's neat. Isn't that awesome? Like right. they kind of went that extra mile and, you know, I'll do credit to Marvel and Disney for, uh, sitting back and listening to what Coogler said and said, yes, we will let you tell that story. Um, because that's what makes black Panther, um, a cut above a lot of other superhero movies mm. is that it's actually about something. It's about, uh, it's about the black experience in America. It's right. about it's about uh, black exceptionalism. Like, there's a lot of really really interesting things that a white person wouldn't necessarily be able to bring to that story. Uh, and and
1: oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, no, I was gonna say it was really interesting. Um, if you think back to the one of the post credit sequences of uh, Civil War, yeah, when. Uh, Bucky is going under in Wakanda and you see the way, and it's a very, it's a very small set, but you see the way a Wakandan lab looked through the lens of partly the Russo brothers, partly whoever their production designer was. And there was nothing wrong with it. It looked very futuristic. Mm-hmm. But then when you got into Black Panther you got to see what Coogler and his production designer did with Shuri's lab. And you got to yeah. see maybe what a more, a more accurate portrayal of this what it would have been. And you can see the differences there. And those are the differences that are important. Um, I I know I've told you guys this before. I don't know if I've told it before on the podcast, but I mean, one of the things that I think I, I, me, myself, one of the things that I just didn't pay attention to for the longest time was, uh, uh, minority representation. Mm. And I remember, as our listeners know, as our audience knows, I used to play John Connor in the Terminator 2 3D show. And there's a moment where I'm, the character's running off the stage and there's a big 3D effect with the T-1000's head coming out. And, you know, the audience is wearing 3D glasses and it's a yeah. it's a big 3D theme park moment where everyone kind of ducks. And I remember one day, and this would have been in the late 90s when I was running off the stage and there was a black family down front and the T-1000 head came out and they reacted like everyone else did Jut down. They were laughing, they were smiling. And that was the first time it really, uh, at least for me, when I realized like, God, there's nobody who looks like them on stage right now. Mm. Yeah. Like, I wonder if does is this a, does this bother them? Cause they're clearly having fun, but I'm like, I wonder what it would be like if they had more people to look like more, more performers that look like them.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you bring up an interesting point too, Shannon, because in the world of sci-fi and in the world of fantasy, there hasn't always been representation in the main franchises or the main big uh, movies that you see. And it became a running joke that the black character always got killed off for effect to help the emotional story continue in or become deeper in the sci-fi film that you're watching or the fantasy film that you're watching. Or even the action adventure uh, film that you're watching, you know, and you, there's not a lot of black sci-fi or, or or black characters in sci-fi that you could turn to. There's Uhura in Star Trek, you know, um, in Star Wars, it isn't until John Boyega shows up. Oh, I mean, you had Lando, I guess, but is a main, like, like was pitched as one of the main characters yeah. and the main storylines. Lando was on the side, Jimmy Smith's on the side as a person of color in the prequels.
1: You had Uh, Sam, you had Sam Jackson, but he was a big movie star.
0: With, uh, right, with
2: Mace Windu and all that. Yeah, but then even Sam. Even the fact, I mean, no, I mean, this kind of just like underscores the point is that when you look at, because you're right. I mean, look, any level of representation is good. The fact that we have Mm -hmm. an Ahura, that we have a Lando, a Mace Windu, that's great. That's awesome. But the underlying issue there is it's a person of color just showing up in a white person's story. Yeah, um, Right. And again, right. Black Panther, Black Panther is not that. And I think that's what makes Black Panther such an important piece of, of where we need to be going is that it's not about, and you know, and like, we already have enough trouble. Uh, you just have to look at social media is anytime you have a main character show up in any of these major franchises, be it. Star Wars or the Marvel Universe, or you know, when you, you know, God forbid you change an ethnicity of a character that's been in comics for 60 years, and all of a sudden you have all of these people coming out, uh, saying that it's social justice for social justice sake, and like, why are you changing this thing? Like, why don't you like, like, there's you just see that, like, no matter what you do, there's this response to it, yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, that's not even as far as we need to push it, like, we need to see, we need to see these other people's stories from their perspectives not just them showing up like it's great like Ahura's is great mace windu is great but like uhura is in us is in kirk's the captain and kirk and spock and bones that's the that's the main relationship the star wars movies the skywalker family the white family um even you know harry potter like the core cast is a white it's a bunch of white wizards and hogwarts is a very diverse school but you know in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, when they opened it in London, the fact that they cast a person of color as Hermione, people lost their minds as if that was the worst thing in the world. And so, you know, we already have such a barrier in geek culture that anytime you try and push any level of representation, more women, more people of color, more LGBTQ people, there it's already met with such resistance that to get to the next level, which is we need a sci-fi saga where the main character is a person of color or a yeah. woman or an LGBTQ person or all three. Like, yeah. you know, the fact that when I, and I'm going to say this and you're everyone, everyone, if they're being honest, is going to say that sounds crazy to see a giant sci-fi movie saga that we, that the whole world is excited about where the main character is a black trans woman. <laughs> you can't even conceive of that now. Like yeah. that is something that's such a hard thing to wrap your head around yeah. because you can automatically hear from like a black trans woman you could hear the objections from every side yeah but there is a black trans person of color out there right now that loves fantasy and loves sci-fi as much as every other person that does not get to see themselves represented mm-hmm. um and is and is basically told subtly you know through every experience they have with this stuff that not only are they not really a part of these fantasy worlds but they don't get to be the lead. They don't get yeah. to be the main character. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a hard thing. And I think that part of, part of systemic racism mm-hmm. and part of what these marches are about and part of what this is about, part of it is about um, the police response. Part of that is yes. about redlining. Part of it – like there's a bunch of political issues that – seem like they are monumental to overcome. And yep. there's a lot of people that are way smarter than the three of us in that <laughs> in those respects that are fighting some fights on all of the things that we need to be voting for and all the things right. that we need to get behind. But in our little world of entertainment, that's where you get to see yourself represented as a hero. That's where you get to see yourself be the person that's fighting the oppression. And for a long, long time, people of color have not gotten to see themselves in those lead roles.
0: Yeah. I like uh, what John Hoey Huey said uh, as a friend of mine. He, he uh, was one of the co-hosts of the resistant broadcast podcast uh, that they do. Great Star Wars podcast that they do. He said, I wonder how many people, and I think I'm paraphrasing here, how many people went back into their Twitter uh, feeds and deleted all their negative comments about John Boyega and Star Wars and are now all of a sudden hashtagging black lives, Matter or out there in the streets, protesting who were on the message boards bashing the idea of having a female lead in a star wars film or having someone like john boyega in, or making a black panther movie stuff like that see the black lives matter movement is not liberal against conservative it isn't it's a human issue not a political issue and all political spectrums have been negligent in uh accepting representation overall And that's what this whole movement is just trying to highlight. And how many times you cast a woman? Oh, you cast a, 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 you know, like in Dune now, Dune is predominantly a white cast. And you have uh, this uh, black uh, actress who's coming in to take the place of the character. I think that Max von Sydow played in the original, I think. Yeah, Uh, I think it is. And so people already were like, oh, 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 you know, and already that kind of crap comes up. That stuff needs to die in our sphere of liberal geekdom or whatever you want to call us, that stuff has to die. If the creators cast a person of color or a woman in a certain role, they are trying to expand the acceptance and the viewpoint of this product. And nine times out of 10, recently, they've knocked it out of the park by making these decisions. And I don't mean by the overall product, because you can argue Star Wars films good or bad, you can't argue Daisy Ridley's performance. You can't argue that John Boyega doesn't give what he's got in those roles, or Oscar Isaac does great stuff. Diego Luna as Cashin and Andor. We'll see what he does with that series. So you're seeing that they're making the right decisions in terms of casting. The overall product is the overall product, but the performance from the people they cast are good is good for the most part, if not you know, 95%. And that's important to note as well for as much of the complaints are, these people bring it cuz they know they've got a heavy mantle to carry to create this stuff. And now we need to see which I love about the Mandalorian with uh, Rick Famiyama being involved in the first season, now we're tr- we're starting to see a Deborah Chow, an Asian woman of Asian descent, right? You've got uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, of course, a, a white woman but still a woman. You've got all these different people <laughs> A white woman, but she's still you know, a woman. She, well, I'm saying that, you know, but I know we want women of color, but well, she's a, are, she's a ginger, she's a ginger. <laughs> yeah, well, <I'm> sure, yeah. <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> I can't Dangerous. say ginger, I can't say ginger. But uh, but like the, you look at the stuff and you go, okay, this is more representative of our society. And I get that there's a fear, you know, that uh, seems to be underlying, and let's speak about it. It's a little bit underlying of the, the fear of oh, we're gonna lose our representation, but that's that's not true. It's you know, yes. it's this is a predominantly white society. So if you go from 75% to 65%, you're still the majority or even 70, which is really what would happen.
2: You're still the also, majority. Or, yeah. But also like who cares about that? Right? I mean, like I know people do. So I like, obviously this is, uh, I was watching, Um, I can't remember his name because I don't give a shit about him, but like one of those like white supremacist guys who's always spouting off at the mouth. But like yeah, this idea of, oh, well, whites will be in the minority. It's like, Okay, like yeah, fine, right? Like, like but, but like, it'll never is, happen, it'll but, never happen. And even
0: if it does, I agree with you, Mike. Even if it does, what's the big deal? Because
2: but people even have but just
0: survive I, with white people in the majority. So if other people are in the majority, guess what? White people,
2: you'll survive, you'll be but vulnerable. I feel like but I feel like that idea of saying, Hey, white people, don't worry, even if you go from 75 to 65, you're still the majority, so don't get so worried. It's like we need to get to the point, and and I think we are there. Like I think I will I will be a little bit optimistic for a moment. Like I the I think that the fact that movies like Black Panther, movies like Spider Man into the Spider Verse, uh, you know right. any of these like like these movies that come out where there could be any kind of fear, like oh, are the white people going to come? Like they clearly do. Yeah. Uh, and yes, you have that 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 vocal group on social media that is going to crap all over anything that doesn't mm-hmm. fit their view of what they think these geek movies should be. But the fact of the matter is, like, I, people of color, LGBTQ people, uh, you know, women, for years, they've we've all had to go see these movies, and when the lead is a white, straight, cisgender dude. We have all had to imagine, well, you know, I could be I could be that person like, you know, like every every person of color, every minority, every female has had to watch these movies and go, okay, it's a given that the lead is going to be a white cisgender straight guy. So Mm -hmm. I'll just go ahead and accept that. And I'll still pretend that I'm captive, you know, seeing little girls dressed up as Superman or Luke Skywalker Mm -hmm. or whatever. It's like, that's great. You get to pretend. White, straight, cisgender men can pretend to. Yeah. You can go. Yeah. You know, we and, and I don't. I don't mean that as I get over it. I mean I've seen it happen. I have lots of friends here in LA uh, who are white straight couples who have their white cisgender straight children um, who go who like Miles Morales more than Peter Parker. Like right. it is not this leap. Like people, I think older generations have this idea that it's such a hard thing for kids to grasp. Kids care way less. Mm-hmm than adults who have grown up in societies that have systemic racism have like it's easy for a kid to go i think miles morales is awesome he's super cool i want to be like him and i think that getting to that place not getting to the place of uh hey white people don't worry you're still going to be in the lead it's like if that's the way you're looking at the world stop and get off we don't care we don't have time for it anymore i'm over (laughs) it i'm over it over it. it,
0: Shannon, as the re- white representation on this show, do you feel that you got to get over it? Tell me the truth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, uh, for me personally. It-
0: does that, Yeah, does that stuff? But let me ask. you, I mean, because Shannon, you're a pretty wide open guy. Does that stuff bother you? you don't bother you me. said you're a pretty white guy? No, wide open guy. Wide open <laughs> guy. Do you care about this yeah. kind of stuff? Like when you see someone catch, you go, does it excite you? And then you go, okay, let's see what they can do, or do you feel an
1: intrinsic fear? Like, wait. I've, I've I've never gotten upset by it. No. Yeah. No. Nowhere near. Um. Um. Again, and again, the sign is something I brought up before. But you know, Aquaman. Aquaman's my guy. Right. Um, when they cast Jason Momoa I was like man that makes perfect sense mm. That someone who, who's a Pacific Islander, someone whose people Have a relationship with the water I'm like yeah that, that makes perfect sense And he went in and, and, and Killed it um, No like whenever that's happened Michael Clark Duncan being cast as Kingpin I'm yep. like yeah that yep. makes That makes perfect sense that, he, the, the first uh, uh, Quality about Kingpin I would think is You want a big guy and he was a big guy uh, that doesn't take away from anything that came before in the daredevil comics to me. And it doesn't mean that, okay, well only black guys can be Kingpin now. No, I mean, then Vincent D'Onofrio came and did a different performance just as good. I mean, that stuff has not, has never bothered me personally. When, when I saw sort of the reaction to uh, rogue one lead, Felicity uh,
0: Felicity, Felicity, no, um no, not Hoffman.
1: <laughs> um,
0: was it Felicity Jones?
1: Felicity Jones, yes. yes. The the reaction to her being the lead on the heels of Daisy Ridley and John Boyega being the leads. Again, that stuff, I'm like, hey, that we've not seen that before. Yeah. Great. Let's let's see what this story turns out to be. No, that stuff has never that stuff has never bothered me.
0: It's at mind-blowing all. too when you look at it because it's like all these people who would love Leia some of them were like stepping up going, wait, why are we getting another female lead? Is like, wait, do you love Leia? Or like, "What? what why is the pro- what's the problem? here?" Like, it's it's that kind of thing. We all got to take a look at ourselves. And I think that's what's important. Because Although the three of us can sit here and talk, the three of us have probably had to take some look at ourselves during this whole process as well, taking moments of, hey, where, where do I do that it's inadvertent or that I'm not aware that I'm doing it? And certainly when the Me Too movement blew up, that was a big wake-up call for me because of how – I had, you know, flirted with girls before in the past or kind of pursued women in the past. I didn't know that some of the things that I'd been like taught or I'd seen before um, could be seen as, you know, uh, not necessarily the most um, uh, the best way to go about flirting with somebody. When you think about that, there are 20 other dudes doing the same thing to a woman who's attractive. It was – that was such a massive wake-up call for me. I had an old uh, uh, episode of the Outlaw Nation way back when It was a podcast with Clark Wolf. And Clark, I explained – when she explained the – like what that process is like and what it feels like for a woman, my mind went like, oh, my God. I didn't even think about it because I had been so trained by society – to be you have to be the pursuer you have to be the pursuer right that's what so i hope the same thing is happening here for all of us not just people who are listening to us but us as well like what where are we uh what do we need to kind of take a look at or open up about or or become more educated on and evolve i think that's really the thing that i feel the best about in this movement is they're just asking people to listen be educated about something and evolve they're not looking for you know, now every movie is black. They're just saying, like, we want you to listen to us, understand, get educated and evolve.
2: Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think that, I mean, I think Shannon said this at the beginning and I think this is the most important thing is the best thing we can do right now is listen hmm. and the best thing. And again, I'll, I'll take this back to sort of the geek analogy of like, we, I, I was thinking about this a lot as everybody's been marching and protesting. Most of the movies and the franchises and the brands that we talk about our stories of revolution, our stories of rebellion, our story, like, right. like, like we are like, whether it is, you know, Luke, Leia, Han and the rebellion, Ray, Poe, Finn and the resistance, uh Harry and the students of Hogwarts forming Dumbledore's army to stand up against Dolores Umbridge, Katniss Everdeen in the Hunger Games, like, like sci-fi, fantasy, everything like superheroes standing up for what's right. We live in every movie we talk about every week when we're excited about this character or that character, we are talking about characters that are standing up against inequality, standing up against injustice, like doing like standing up against this authoritarian government. Like it's, it's, it's the same story over and over and over again. And every single lead is white. Yeah. There's other characters there, but everyone is white. And I think that as we are living through this movement the hardest thing and the thing that everybody has to still to, to remember is that, yeah, we've been trained by these movies that there's a revolution. Let's go jump in and let's be the ones leading it. And like right. we're not leading this. Like our job, as Shannon said at the beginning of this, is to listen,
1: yeah.
2: is to say, I am here and I am on board for this. I am ready. I've been trained my entire life. You know, the, the Wizards of Hogwarts and the Rebellion and everybody have taught me I'm ready to fight this fight, but I'm not the lead. Yeah, You know, this isn't, this isn't, this is, this is not Luke Scott. This is Lando Calrissian's story. You know, like, it's like, it's, this is, this is the moment when we sit back and say, I'm not the lead of this movie. I'm the supporting role. This is your story. Tell me what I can do. Yeah.
0: And I do, I do believe the fan. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Shin.
1: No, no, I was just gonna, I was just gonna add to that because there was something in and I don't recall. it, It was, it was probably on Twitter where, when people are asking you to listen, people are asking you to take that moment. When they're saying, listen, they're saying, try to understand what we're saying, what we're, where we're coming from. Don't listen with the intent to reply. Listen with the intent to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Great point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I you know, I think this generation and the last couple of generations have been receptive to these changes. Yeah. The, there's been the loud minority on, on, YouTube and social media and what have you, but it doesn't affect the box office numbers. Like, the people are going in droves. Captain Marvel, over a billion dollars. Black Panther, what, almost a bit or over a billion, and then getting nominated for a best uh, picture. You know, so I think, the, the, and Star Wars made, what, almost two billion, over two billion dollars. I mean, that stuff speaks volumes of the fact that the people who are complaining about it are actually in the minority. And the people who are receptive to it, who don't give two shits about it and just want a good product and a good film or a good TV show, that's the minor, that's the majority mentality. It seems like if you look at the results financially from these films that have taken or made these decisions. Uh, and that gives me hope, actually. Um, the fact that there are more, more protesters out there after you tear gas them and uh, you know shoot rubber bullets and do all these things – The fact that even more protesters come out the next night, that gives me hope. That makes me feel like this is a movement that is is not going to be stopped anytime soon. Uh, And it isn't like a Me Too movement where where it happened online and then people to studios immediately reacted to it and made changes. That was just kind of in that room of the of of entertainment. This is all over the world. You know, people are marching all over the world and it's just to get people to make the changes that are systemic that need to happen. And these film studios who come out and kiss their own asses with these statements. Um and these, you know, websites that come out and kiss their own asses with these statements. I mean, we just saw or these actors we saw Leah Michelle get the tea spilled all over her a couple of days ago and her have to like you know apologize. Today the former co-anchor with Billy Bush came after her came after him uh about Black Lives Matter as well as well. She said I'm so glad you finally came aboard maybe talk to the co-host of your show for 12 years you could have started with her you know and that's the guy so already people are like well what did billy do there his white privilege could have checked your white privilege at the door when we co-hosted a show together so i like that people are are not afraid anymore to call other people out and call the studios out and they need to be called out you know i mean mike i know you're a big disney guy and i obviously i love a lot of the disney products and marvel and star wars and all that but you know, uh, on that side of the fence, there's more change that needs to happen. And hopefully they're listening, you know, princess well, and, and the frog can't be everything they go back to every time.
2: Right. No, I, I, a hundred percent. Um, and I think you bring up a really good point. I think that I can speak to this kind of from personal, mm-hmm. like, as a look, I obviously spoiler alert, I'm gay. I uh, <laughs> don't know if you've don't know if you've picked up on this, listening to the show or not <laughs> For but, you, uh, new listeners, Michael is good to, yeah. to, to new <laughs> listeners. But, uh, but you know like so as a one of the things that I really feel impassioned about and try and do as much as I can is as I'm developing shows as a person who is lucky enough and privileged enough to be in a position where I get to pitch shows, I get to develop shows, I get to do some really fun stuff. Uh I'm always trying to make sure that I'm including LGBTQ characters so that the world that I'm creating reflects the world that I'm in. I also think it's important to have a diverse cast of characters, uh, strong women, people of color, and everything else. And I can do that as a showrunner. I can do that. And the people that are in power at Disney, at Warner Brothers, at Universal, the the directors, the writers, the producers, the executives who are white absolutely should be doing that. Anytime you're working on a show, it's not just a token, like, let's have this character, but how can these characters be the leads in the stories? But that only goes so far. The other piece of this is, and this is where you have to take a step back, is – I can be the most liberal, most wonderful, most accepting person in the world. And it can include a, uh, a rainbow coalition of characters in my shows. Uh, and we'll always try and do that. But I'm still a white dude. I might be a gay white dude, but I'm still a white dude. And I'm not the one who can tell that story as well. You know, If I'm gonna make a character a black lead, I would do that. I would do that in a second. But there are other people out there who might not have been as privileged to be as lucky as I am to end up in the position I am who can tell those stories better. And it's finding those voices. It's elevating those voices and letting them run with it. Like I, I'm, I can be an ally as far as I can be an ally, but the best way that I can be an ally is to find those voices and help to give them those opportunities too, because they can tell a lot of stories better. I can tell a lot of stories really good. And especially when it comes to stories that reflect the LGBTQ experience I can do that all day long. And that's something that we do need in our society. And that's something that needs to happen, but elevating those people of color, like finding more people who are going to be writers in animation, directors in animation, designers in animation, executives in animation um, who have not had those experiences. Like that's what we need more of. And I think that's where a lot of the people running these studios start to get a little bit nervous because the ultimate thing that you can do is step aside and let somebody else do that same job you know and that and that and that is i think that's the tough pill to swallow is you can be the most liberal most amazing greatest ally in the world but you got to make room for the other people that aren't there yet and let them take and let them run with it for a while give them the ball and let them run with it sports analogy i did yeah, it. i like that good job
0: good job you do run with the ball in
2: sports it's very true that's true so the one <laughs> one of the few things i know about the sports you run <laughs> with a ball
1: hey mike which sport do you run with the ball specifically,
2: you run with it in football, you, <laughs> you dribble do. the ball in basketball, nice. and in soccer, you kick the ball as you run, but no hands,
0: right? No hands, <laughs> very clear. <laughs> but, but you know, um, within the genres is the next step, right? I mean, we're starting to see in our like something like DC's uh, DC Universe's Harley Quinn. I thought that was fantastic i think that show is yeah. fantastic it, it really kind of blows the doors off a lot of things that you wouldn't normally think would be tackled in uh, uh in a situation like that you know an r-rated animated show it's pretty incredible and exploring all these issues um i look forward to the pg show that explores all these issues as well and makes them al- palatable and ex- and acceptable and part of normal everyday life because guess what there are gay people trans people People of color in your normal everyday life, you know, yeah. in most cities that exists and you can see it. Uh and you know, in the 80s, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, in the 80s, 70s, 60s, I'm sure it was a, a thing to be made fun of, right? That's what they made fun of you for. You know, were you were you gay? We made, they made fun of you. Were you heavy? They made fun of you. Were you a person of color? They made funny. You. Were you handicapped? They made fun of you. or uh, mentally handicapped. they made fun of you. There was all kinds of and all of that has changed you know so much so powerfully so and I like that this has been the the truth about this country and I've said this on, on another podcast too is or another show is uh, regardless of what you may think about the United States we are a progressive country we will we eventually progress and that's the, been the truth throughout the years on this particular issue it has morphed in different ways as we've moved on as a society technologically, Uh, And uh, as a people, the the, the, uh, issue has morphed and changed as it's gone along. But it's always been at the foundation, the idea of equality and representation uh, in our world equally. And it doesn't mean that it has to be like 50-50 or anything like that. It just has to be there. More opportunities have to be available and have to be made available. So I hope that a lot of these studios are making these statements who have a terrible record of hiring people of color, maintaining people uh, employed of color, or, uh, you know, doing projects with people of color, open the door uh, to kind of make this more of a possibility. Um, And yes, some of those people of color should be allowed to fail, just as numerous white directors and producers and actors and writers are allowed to fail numerous times uh, as they go on in their career. People of color should be allowed to fail. And this goes across. It's also in sports as well. You'll get a white coach that gets rehired 500 times, uh, even though they're terrible at every stop they go in because they occasionally have a minimum level of success. Whereas a black coach, a majority of the time, if not all the time, uh, only gets one or two chances and then they're out of the the whatever league they're in. And so that's kind of what has to change across the board everywhere, you know? So, and, and that's equality. If this person gets 30 chances, I should get 30 chances. You know, it, there's, there's those kinds of things that need to kind of, if, especially if my record is the same or if my quality of product is relatively the same, I should be allowed the same chances. You know, and, and that's been the, the argument went from two from two all men in the uh, joke room or whatever, the, the writer's room to uh, we, we need more women in the writers. Room. OK, more women. now we need people of color. You know, and don't, and I, to me, I, I want to say this, maybe I'll get in trouble. I don't think just hiring white people who are women or uh, white people who are, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, handicapped or whatever you want to say nowadays is the line that the minimal line, minimum line that needs to be set for you to be considered a diverse company or hiring gay white people. Like it has to be people of color. That is true diversity. Hiring, multiple people from the same color is not diversity. It's not in my well, opinion.
2: And I think from a and bigger point, is my point. I, Sorry. I, I think from a bigger, I think from look, I think that, cause this is sort of the, the way the conversation goes, Oh, you should hire more. We should see more diversity in a writer's room. We should see more diversity in the boardroom. We should see more diversity. We should. And that's a hundred percent true. Like we should, when it comes to geek culture, when it comes to the things that we are talking about, it's, that's a piece of it, but the bigger piece of it is we need new stories. Yeah, new stories. We need stories that reflect, like, and we, look, we, and we've talked about this a ton. We are living in an era where we are taking all the things that we loved and we are rebooting, recycling, rethinking, reimagining. And that's where we run into these problems because most of the characters, particularly in comics that were created in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s that we still love today are white and straight because that's the world we lived in. Um, great example. Uh, and I know we've talked about it a little bit on the show before, but one of the movies, um, that Lucasfilm has in production right now is a film adaptation of the book series, Children of Blood and Bone by Tommy Adyami, a black woman. Um, and this is a perfect example of sort of like what I'm talking about is Johnny, you said this earlier, like when you think of a fantasy geek genre movie, uh, like a, you know, whether it be a Harry Potter or a dungeons and dragons or anything it's all based on sort of a white eurocentric version of what uh we think of as the past so it's europe it's castles and knights and maidens and horses and dragons because that's the white eurocentric version of what fantasy is uh and that's the beginning of any fantasy story so even a fantasy that has a more diverse cast it's sort of that world what Tommy Ariami does in, in uh, Children of Blood and Bone is she creates a fantasy world that is much more based on sort of uh, an African kind of world. Everybody is black. It's much more ba- like the, the the creatures, the magic, the geography. It's all very much based on Africa. And it creates a brand new kind of fantasy world that you've never seen before. It feels new. It feels fresh. And there's there's no white people in this story. It is a right. black uh fantasy story and it's amazing like i read it i loved it i can't wait to see the movie um but that's what i mean like so to your point filling the boardroom with people and having a diverse diverse executives diverse writers diverse whatever is important it's essential yeah. but the bigger part of that is letting those diverse voices create the new worlds and the new stories so that you know 10 years 20 years 30 years 40 50 years, when when our three children are doing geek buddies the reboot um <laughs> like that that when they're talking about their versions of star wars their versions of the marvel universe their versions of harry potter these are stories that have not just a diverse cast of characters with a white straight lead but like completely reimagined different worlds that come from different perspectives and different experiences that's the goal the goal is to like much bigger than just Let's make sure the, that the uh, looking around the writer's table, it's a nice balanced view. It's like it's really reshaping the types of stories that we get excited about.
0: Yeah. I mean, and this and uh, this idea, and Shannon, I get your thoughts on this, this idea of like, well, shouldn't we hire the best person for the job? Of course. In a perfect world, yes. But we do not live in a perfect world. And that statement needs to go the way of the dodo. It is an incorrect statement based on an incorrect presumption, which is that everyone has a fair opportunity to achieve and get to these positions. They don't, uh, for a number of reasons, educational environment, class, econ- economic situation. There are, yes, there are numerous people who've climbed out of the worst situations who are white to get to their, uh, situation to get to this position. Right. But most majority of the time, it's not that way. And so it's like, it's not that way for people of color. It's not that way all around. It's the frustrating part of this whole thing is that well, this idea that, well, you know, the best person for the job.
2: And even beyond that, whenever that comes up, hmm. uh, look, yes, like white people in general are given all of the, uh, like that. that's where the privilege comes in. The opportunities right. are there. The, yes. the The networking is there. The people that you know, it's all there because of the shape of the entertainment industry but beyond that that's an inherently racist statement like the idea that even with all the privilege and all of the struggles and everything like the idea that the best well we we got to hire the best person for this like is this idea that like underneath but that's probably a white guy yeah That's that's probably a white guy and the what a white guy is not always the best person
0: for the job. It's very, very, as we've seen many, many times where the white guy is not the best person for the job. Unless it's True. a really
2: funny role. And then Shannon is always the best for the job. Of Shannon, course. you are. You're you're you. you look at that face. <laughs> look at that face.
0: But this is I mean, Shannon, this is something you encounter. Right. As an actor, you're like, there's there has been a stronger push for roles that you have usually gone out for to get representation in these roles.
1: Yeah, um, and, it, and, it, and it's and it's a challenge. It's yeah. absolutely a challenge. After I think it was 2017, after the uh, the Oscars, Oscars So White right, campaign right. that happened afterwards, there was a, a very, a very big push for diverse casting. And as for someone who was kind of on the making some forward mobility, that did slow down. And it was hard and it's, and it, and it continues to be hard. And it's okay. I think to be like, ah, God, that's, ah, uh, but at the same time, some actors that have never been given the chances that I was always given are, are, are having the time of their lives. And you, uh, for me personally, I'm like, I can't get upset about that. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, would I like to go out for more roles? Sure. There's plenty of roles that I thought I should have got that went to white dudes Right. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a challenge, but it's also sort of it, not even sort of like it's it's necessary.
0: Yeah. I mean, how many people of color have had the same feeling for decades in the entertainment industry? Sure. I'm a better actor than that guy. I went in for the same role and they didn't cast me. Uh, they said they wanted gender or the uh, colorblind casting. And I went in and it was the only black guy amongst seven other white dudes. And I've seen that happen. Me being the only Latino guy in a room full of nine white guys. It's happened and they, they just bring you in to fit that quota mark, but not to really consider you for the role. And that's the thing. Right. And so how many, you know, yes, some, and I think this happens across the board, you know, some people for, for employment in any industry are like, why is that person getting hired over me? You know, I blah, blah, blah. But say, yeah, welcome to the, welcome to the other side. Uh, and I'm not saying it's fair. I'm saying the pendulum swings back the other way sometimes. And then eventually settles into the middle and that's the way our society has always been and so it's yeah and some people have to take the hits for that just like other people took the hits for your ancestors when they were getting all the uh you know the roles or getting the jobs or getting the opportunities that people of color's ancestors couldn't get uh you know and so that's those are those things that like there has to be more perspective in approaching issues like this rather than what's in front of my face there uh, i think that's what I, me personally, that's what I push for is more perspective amongst the entire uh, thing. Because I know sometimes, and I'll, I'll say it's a problem control for this too, but sometimes the younger generation thinks they discovered activism, that somehow it didn't exist beforehand. And it's like, no, we've been doing it for quite some time. And even Rex Chapman today shared a great episode from the Munsters, where Herman Munster literally says everything that we've been talking about on this show. This idea of it doesn't matter if you're black or white or yellow or purple. It, does, it just matters the size of your heart and it matters how much you want something and don't let anyone ever tell you that you can't get it. And it may ha- it may be harder for you because you look different, but it doesn't mean it's not possible, right? And so it's like even back in the 60s, they were dropping those lessons uh, and they've been dropping them since the 1800s for God's sakes. And that's the thing that people have to have perspective. You know, it's, this is not a movement that just all of a sudden popped up. This has been building for
2: centuries in this country. So. Yeah. I... You know, I, I, I saw something, let me see if I can find it really quick. I'm not gonna be able to find it. I saw something on, um, online. I think I posted it, uh, that I've been thinking a lot about. And I think this really applies to where the entertainment industry at large and geek culture specifically can go, which is, you know, this idea that maybe we've all been talking about 2020 is the worst year ever because (laughs) holy shit, uh, but maybe like 2020 is actually going to be a great year. Maybe 2020 is the year that everything got so bad that wow. we rethought everything and changed and went in a drastically new direction. And I think that we've yep. spent so many years now talking about well it's a it's a it's a female jedi or it's a black superhero or it's this and it's taking all of these it's a gay person in this a gay person showing up in the Marvel universe and like wow. Uh, and look, I've said this, I love living in the era where we're seeing all of these universes uh, that, that we get to talk every week about, mm-hmm. you know, Harry Potter, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Wash, rinse, repeat. Like, you know, like we, we've got yeah. all of these great things to talk about. But instead of saying as we come out of a multiple month quarantine and yeah. protesting and rioting and social change and all this stuff, rather than saying, well, now let's get back to normal and see how we can take all of these people of color, people of different backgrounds, and put them into the stories that we've been telling over and over and over again, Yeah, we have an opportunity right now to create something better. We have an opportunity right now to allow different voices to step forward and create new worlds and new universes and new kinds of superheroes and new kinds of sci-fi and fantasy um, that aren't just take let's make a black Batman or let's do a, let's do a female Jedi, but like really radically rethinking and changing things um, and creating something really new and fresh that is cool and fun. And we can geek out about it, but also important in the way that it's telling new stories. And I mean like, that's like, look, I don't know that that's going to happen quickly. I don't know that that's going to happen rapidly. It would be great if it did, it would be great if we just came out of all this and you were like, fuck, we got all these new things, but I think that that's the goal that we should be aiming for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I you know, I've said this before. You
0: guys know this about me. Um, it's cool that Miles Morales exists. It's cool that uh, what's his name, Javier Reyes? Reyes, is that who does the B- Blue Beetle? Jaime, Jaime Reyes. Reyes. It's cool that that exists. But you're taking over something a white man already created, and uh, or or uh, lived in, or was the uh, original character, Ted corden Parker. I want my own Latino superheroes born from the ground up who hit the mainstream and are just as and excites the fan base just as much to see a film version of it or a uh, uh, animated version of it or a uh, a TV show, live action TV show version of it. That's what I want for myself personally speaking as a Latina. Uh, and I hope that happens across the board as we move forward past this. We're getting Shang Chi, and that's great. But where's the Latino stuff? You know, we got the Black Lives Matter, we got Black Panther, we got Captain Marvel, we got Shang Chi. Where's the Latino stuff? So hopefully, down the road, that comes for us as well. And I think us being a part of this movement and 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 uh, supporting this movement is a move is the uh, you know the next lo- the next lot of stuff behind this movement. Is the Latino stuff like where are we going to be represented in the in sci-fi and fantasy a little bit more? I love what Star Wars has done, obviously, but I'd like to see more being done in other franchises. You know, there's no Latino Avenger. There's no Latino uh, uh, wizard. There's no from Harry Potter and not even in Fantastic Beasts. And so this needs to hopefully be the next step after. Uh, the Black Lives Matter mo- uh, uh, movement happens and makes changes and systemic changes. And then, you know, we get to kind of get our moment as well. Uh, or we don't even have to have a movement. Maybe people just go, hey, we need to create this too. That would be nice where we didn't have to march in the streets to get that representation as well. So yeah, we'll see. That's what, Then that's why I love this movement. Honestly, I think it's the genesis of it is to for equality. And what you said, yeah, Mike, Hear more voices creating things. great. I'm
2: I'm really excited. Uh, and just along these lines, uh, Gay Pride has been mm. pretty was pretty much canceled because you know large gatherings in the era of uh, Corona, big you know big like that's not going to work. But of nice. course, with all these marches and protests that happening, uh, they just announced this past few days that instead of Gay Pride being a parade and a big festival, which it was which was already canceled, but instead of it also being canceled. Uh, On June 14th in Los Angeles, Gay Pride is now going to be replaced with a march Mm. uh, where the LGBTQ community is going to uh, march for the Black Lives Matter movement, for and with the Black Lives Matter. So they're turning into this big march um, because the LGBTQ uh, movement is a movement of intersectionality, like Mm. everyone who's LGBTQ is white, male, female, black. I mean, this, the entire reason we celebrate Pride uh, is to celebrate the Stonewall Riots, which was started by a black trans woman. Yeah. So I think that kind of to your point, dealing with the systemic racism that people of color deal with in our country is it, it's an important thing for us to be allies. It's an important thing for us to, as Shannon said at the beginning of this, sit back and listen, see how we can be helpful, see what we can do. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, raising up any of us raises up all of us Yep, and, and, yeah. it, and it makes for a better society and it creates new opportunities and new worlds for us to explore uh, in the bigger political spectrum in the real world and also in the geek world that we get to talk about every week. So mm-hmm. I think that to your point, that's right. I think that seeing the success of uh, these different kinds of heroes being told from different kinds of perspective, mm-hmm. um, whether it be, Black Panther, whether it be Shang-Chi, whether it be other things that we haven't even seen or heard of yet, will allow us to have the Lat the, the Latin the Latinx experience, like the other experiences yeah. and and see those types of movies and stories being told as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Down the road. We should we uh, we can hope, right? That's all we can do is hope it happens and 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 goes forward. Uh for- from there, um, all right. I think this is a good place to stop, um, Shannon. Any uh, you know any uh, words you want to say to kind of add on to this, or are you or you feel like you've no? I, mean, you I, to
1: I all I can do is just um, reiterate the yeah. stuff stuff that I said at the beginning. If if you're someone like me, just listen, just listen, and don't expect your friends who happen to be people of color. It would be great if they tell you what you can do. It's it's you know not their job to educate you. Take the take the initiative. Hmm. See if you can see if you can support a black artist. See if you can support a black owned business.
0: Great point. And uh could you stand up a little bit and show the people the new merch? Is that what you're <laughs>
1: <laughs> this just happened to be in my t-shirt rotation? Oh hey. look hold at that. Hold look hold at on. that that was my my ever expanding gut because of the <laughs> quarantine that's why our faces were folded there
0: yeah, like <laughs> we, we got to make those available for people michael was very kind to gift us both of those uh, for christmas so thank you michael but we need to make those a little more available i think oh <laughs> um yeah uh, michael any oh well guys any final words uh, we can wrap up here um shall we wrap up or do
2: our spiel here yeah yeah i mean look i think like look i i think just as far as final words i've talked plenty uh but i think that uh you know as far as final words it's just um like let's i really kind of am embracing this idea of let's not get back to normal let's create a better normal and yeah. i think i think that that's true of the bigger world i think that's true of like just for me and my personal experience and looking like at what my life is going to look like coming out of this and i think in the geek universe i think that like using this as an opportunity not to say uh you know why are they forcing this down our throat why are we doing this but like just really creating a new experience that expands what the geek ex- universe is for everybody yeah
0: yeah agreed agreed uh all right well thank you all so much for listening to our episode here of the geek buddies and uh, i hope we kept your attention i hope we entertained you i hope we educated you as well um i feel i felt like we should do a show this week just so we can address the topic we've never been afraid to address any topics that have come up during our uh, run of the Geek Buddies or year-long run of the Geek Buddies when they've come up naturally and organically in stories that we're covering here. So I thought it was important for the three of us to do that, and I'm glad Michael and and Shannon agreed and did this. Uh, And I hope you all who are listening to us or watching us feel that way too, feel glad that we did this, and hopefully some of you feel a little more inspired or or a little more, um, I don't know, educated. Uh, or uh, motivated to go learn more or to participate or to understand the other side or take a moment to take a listen and understand the other side a little bit better um shannon what do we got to tell them
1: yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at Geek underscore Buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel, it's at MKToon. If you'd like to follow Mr. Roca, it's at The Roca says.
2: I'm the man, Mike. Um, Listen, everyone's dealing with a lot this week. I don't want to put more on your plate. I don't want to stress y'all out, but... Sometimes you feel good. You do something nice. If you're looking to do something nice, something you can do is retweet us. Something you can do is post us up for somebody else. Say, hey, while we're dealing with all this, check out these guys. They talk about some fun, geeky stuff. Uh, If you're listening to us right now on Spotify or Anchor or iTunes or anywhere where you're listening to these podcasts, Give us a rating. Give us a comment. It helps us go up. Uh, if you're watching us right now on YouTube, definitely subscribe to Johnny's page. Definitely leave some comments and some feedback. We love reading it. Uh, we love just carrying on this geek conversation. And that's that goes for anything, um, particularly as we talk about you know, representation, tokenism, uh, and how we sort of fix a lot of the things that we need to fix in geek culture. Super happy to have that conversation with you guys. So hit us up and let's continue the chat absolutely can't
0: can't echo uh those comments any more than i already do so thank you all again so much for joining us here on a special episode of the geek Geek
1: buddies hey